Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast, and Happy New Year! Happy New Year! This is uh, episode seventy-seven. This is still we're still in season two. This is episode twenty-seven. I'm Craig. I'm Britt. And Britt, we survived New Year's. We sure did. We survived a party with I'm estimating somewhere between forty and fifty people, probably during the day. We took over uh, a small section or half. half. I would say half. <laughs> half of Two Roads Brewing. four tables. Yeah, four tables. Uh, every year, I think, we're, yeah, it's going to be a weekday. We'll have a few less people. But this year, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And people are like, oh, my God, this is awesome. I hate going out on New Year's Eve, but I love coming to the brewery during the day. Okay. So there you go. In just... honor of our trip, I brought back with us <clears throat> a growler of holiday ale. You did. To finish off the year. Um, so Craig and I will be sipping some holiday ale courtesy of two roads today. Yep. Um, um, I was at another random liquor store today and I asked them if they had holiday ale and they're like, Nope, they did have, ty- they had typecast and they really? had, they, and they had road jam Wow. <laughs> and they had Rosemary's baby, but no holiday ale, but no holiday ale. two roads, two roads, I think. And this is not a criticism two roads because we still love you. Hashtag sponsor us. <laughs> I think they under bottled and over kegged. The holiday ale because they've still got it on tap at the brewery, but you can't find the bottles anywhere, and that's okay. It's not it's not an exact science. You, trying to judge the market is difficult, but so that's why I'm glad we got this growler because I wanted yeah. to end the holidays on something holiday. Right. So now we can shift into the winter beers and go from there. So so we're drinking holiday ale today. Thank you to everybody who came out. Um, a he- it was a, a good high- time. It was a good time. It was a good time. I remember most of it. About 90%. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't have to drive, so that was great. Um, you know you need to stop drinking when you're having conversations with people, and every conversation is starting with, don't worry, I'm not driving. So, um, <laughs> that you know, lesson learned on that one. I'm getting older. I can't drink like I used to when I was 20. I just can't. So, um, big thank you to everybody who came out. A, a sorry we missed you to Deb, who was working and not well. So, hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Let's get that out of the way right away. She, uh, she made it for one beer. She was there? Yeah. Seriously, she was yeah. there? Yeah, she was. She got there like, I don't know, 20 after 4. Are you serious? Yeah. I have no recollection of her being yeah. there. And nope, I'm serious. I don't I don't I don't have any memory loss of that day. I just don't remember her. Did I not did I talk to her? Uh I know I did. Okay. I don't I know may, if you did. Well, again, there was like 40 <laughs> or 50 people mulling around and I had a few <laughs> drinks. I just may not have spoken to her, but she'll listen to this and, she, and then she'll send me a text message to go, "Yeah, I said hi to you. You just don't remember cuz you had too much to drink." But um, so don't drink and drive and drink responsibly is the uh, the message we're sending you today. Uh, but let's move on to football-y stuff. That's right. Burning hot takes. All sorts of crazy stuff has happened. We're into the playoffs. The playoff picture is clear. As to last week, we were talking about it like in that basketball scene where everything could go everywhere. We now have some clarity. So let's start with the burning hot take questions. Craig, what do you got for me? All right. So uh, my question for you this week is we've, we've passed um, Black Monday for the NFL. Yeah, there are many teams, including my Bengals, that shockingly that need a new coach. What are we up to eight as of this moment? I want to say yes. I think eight, and that's counting the fact that the Packers and the Browns fired their coaches midseason. They're two of that eight. Yes. Um, so my question to you is: There is a certain uh, Chiefs coordinator who is interviewing for oh, jobs, like so, all of them. So my question is: What is it about people who work for Andy Reid that magically turns into gold for them and gets them a head coaching job. Okay. So here's, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you because this is a cyclical thing. Years ago, it was people who coached with Belichick 
Then it was people who coached with Holmgren. Then it was people who coached with um, someone. Yeah, Belichick. Did I say Belichick twice? No, unless you meant Parcells and then Belichick. Parcells, Holmgren, Belichick. That's where go. this thought process was going. Okay. I haven't even had a beer because, yet. Because Belichick worked for Parcells. Parcells yeah, he, right. but he started basically started his own tree at some point. At some right. point, he started his own tree. Now we're up to the Andy Reid tree because as the game evolves, so does what teams are looking for. When people were drafting Bill Parcells-style coaches they were looking for defensive guys and guys who knew how to draft build through a draft when they were hiring Holmgren that's because Green Bay was insanely successful under Holmgren and offensively they were really cutting edge so they were looking at that Belichick just the Patriots kept winning so if the Patriot way is winning we're all gonna work right now it's a very offensive minded league so now people are looking around, who's on the cutting edge of offense? Who is doing things that is lighting the scoreboards up? And right now it's the Chiefs. Right now it's the Chiefs. And they're looking at Andy Reid like he's some sort of offensive genius that he can create points simply by willing them into existence. <laughs> and they're thinking we need to hire everybody. And then Matt Nagy goes and makes the playoffs and his first year as a coach wins the division the NFC North, which was supposed to be Minnesota's by birthright with the Packers challenging and the Bears probably only finishing third because Detroit was miserable. Detroit, Detroit is miserable, but the Bears come out and win that division. And all of a sudden people are like, look what happens when you hire Andy Reid assistants. So now we're looking at Eric Bieniemy. That's right. Former Bengal. Former Bengal. And people are, and this is what happens. And then the tree starts to, to lose fruit because you start grabbing people off of the tree too much and the tree withers and dies. So I'm not big on the enemy leaving, but it, it, that's when you why. switch coordinators, you it, like you become a different team. Yes. Every time you do look at what Whether happened to the Falcons. Or, yeah. The Falcons went from a Super Bowl team to not able to find their way out of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, it makes a, I don't think people think about it. Like coordinators make a huge, a huge, huge difference. difference. And when you're talking about, and, and here's the thing, Andy Reid likes to call his own plays. So the offense as he draws them in the dirt, right, <laughs> uh, off the top of his head. If you've watched any Chief games today, this year, you have seen multiple times Andy Reid every offensive series is sitting with Pat Mahomes every time. He doesn't care what happens on the defense. Defense goes on the field and he goes, all right, it's break time for me. Me and Pat are going to have a chat. That's what he does. I don't know how much Eric Bieniemy is ready to be a head coach, but everybody seems to think he is. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's all you need in the NFL is for people to think you're good at this. True, because, you know, our friend John's a Jet fan. He He's against the idea of Bieniemy because he has no... Wasn't exp- Bieniemy also a Jet at one point? He might have been. I think he was. Um, because he has no co- like head coaching experience. So would that bother you if you got a coach that never had a head coaching job? I've been there. I've been there before. Um, his name was Todd Haley. Um, <laughs> and on his first day, he alienated our Hall of Fame tight end, Tony Gonzalez, and forced him to want to trade. So, yes, I have a problem with guys who think they know more than they think they do. Um, yeah, but I, the Jets need a lot of help. I they watched do. the Jets game this week, and let me just say right off the bat, this DFS week was a complete wipe, and I went heavy this week. Heavy. Yeah. On a on a side note, um, I was up pretty 
pretty well. And then the Chief game happened. And then Tyreek Hill decided to rush in a touchdown. And then um, everyone who had the Chiefs in uh, jumped over me. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I stacked the Jets this week because I thought they were – I didn't think they had any chance to win, but I thought this would be a shootout. I thought 35-28, the New England defense is average. They're not playing for a ton. They're playing for a playoff position, but it's the Jets. You know, but and then the, the Patriots decided to come out and crush the Jets. And Sam Darnold looked terrible. Um, his no. first his first quarter was completely clueless. And Todd Bowles looked like he could not care less. He, because he knew he was getting fired. It he was did not 35 care. to 3 in the fourth quarter. They had the ball at their own 45 on fourth and seven with under five minutes to play, and he punted. You are down 35 <laughs> points. With five minutes to play at midfield, you go for it because you have to have pride in yourself and your team. And Todd Bowles punted. That is ridiculously shameful. The entire Jet organization. I said to my wife, I said, if I were the owner, I would leave my box and I would fire him mid-game. I would say, you do not punt there. You make your team go out there and say, you are not going to give up on this game. You are going to get this first down. And if you don't, that's fine because none of us are going to have jobs come tomorrow anyway. <laughs> but you do not punt from your own 45 down five touchdowns <laughs> in the fourth quarter. You don't do You have nothing to lose because you've already lost everything you can afford to lose. Uh, yeah, you really just summed okay. that whole thing up. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done. That one was, was not even beer fuel. So, but th- that infuriated me. I was livid. And I did. I took a DFS wipe this week. I went from plus on the year to literally minus on the year because I went so heavy this week. I'm down a little bit. I don't know that I'll recover in the playoffs because the playoffs are really wicky. But I was just like, oh, my God. Are you serious? I overestimated Todd Bowles. I underestimated Todd Todd Bowles' stupidity and overestimated the ability of Sam Darnold to go out there and care in a game where nobody else did. No, because it's really just him and Herndon and there's... There's no one else. Yeah. And Herndon, we only know, only can catch 50% of the balls thrown his way. You need to throw 10 balls his way if you want him to catch five. We yeah. know this now. Yeah. But the five he catch will be really good, but you yeah. got to throw 10. <laughs> Not eight, but 10. All right. So I'm sorry. I got yeah. us way sidetracked yeah, off go, your question. Sure. So um, your thoughts. Um, About which part of the Eric Enemy part? Yes. Back to your original question oh, about oh, Eric oh. Enemy. Yes. What's uh, up with the at Andy Reid tree? Yeah, no, I just I just find it really interesting that, you know, you know, like you said, every I don't want to say generation, but every so often there's just a coach that people work for. Yeah. And they just all get jobs. Yep. Some of them it's are good right now. Some of them are good. Some of them are uh, not so good. <laughs> it's Andy Reid right now. And the reason it's Andy Reid right now is because offense is king. The rules right, right now and the game. Oh, right. I think, favorite I think next year we're going to see games like, you know, over 60, you know, have over, you know, under overs of 65. Or yeah, I mean, how many times have we played America's favorite game on this show this year? And we've been, I've been like, all right, we've got five games over 50 and one game under 40. Or I've had to Several. skew the lines. You remember that week? I think it was like, I think it was one week where I said, all right, the new line is 52 because I had five games over 50. It, it's, it's crazy. Brutal. It's brutal. So, all right. My burning hot take for you. Okay. So, <laughs> coaching carousel is rotating. And we're going right. to talk a little bit about all the vacancies in a minute. 
One of the vacancies that's absolutely fascinating is the Browns vacancy because there are rumors that certain former Super Bowl winning quarterbacks who do Papa John's commercials now are lobbying the Browns ownership to hire Adam Gase, the now unemployed Miami coach. This would be interesting to me because that's Adam Gase. If Adam Gase somehow became the new head coach of the Browns, he would be reunited in air quotes. He did air quotes. Jarvis Landry, who he unceremoniously (laughs) traded from the team to the Browns. That would be awkward. In an effort to establish like law and order in Miami, so to speak, to set a tone. And then Jarvis Landry went to Cleveland, was on hard knocks displayed leadership skills galore the first quarter of the season, trying to inspire the Browns into winning decently. Is that going to be awkward? Is it awkward if Adam Gase goes to the Browns and has to look Jarvis Landry in the face and be like, Hey man, I'm glad to be back working with you again. Is that awkward, Craig? That's that's going to be really awkward. You're going to get into uh um drama, a very large drama situation. Well, it has a potential to have a large drama situation because, you know, I don't know. I don't know the maturity level of either either men, man. Yeah. So because you can have issues like you have in um, Pittsburgh right now. And so. there's issues galore in Pittsburgh, which we should get into at some point. Yes. Um, I don't know that we'll get to it this week. We'll try to. Um, but yeah. But yeah, it's just it's weird. It's a very weird. It was situation. clear that Jarvis Landry, by his behavior on Hard Knocks, by his opening day, and his and his just a d- demeanor during the season, he felt like he had something to prove. Right. And that says to me, his exit from Miami was not clean. So if the coach comes through the door, that's a problem. I can tell you right now, it's happened to me once in my career. Uh, short version of the story is I had a person who basically, when I was in college, I was a supervisor in a business um, as a college student. And I had somebody come in and just basically read me off that my job was crap. They wouldn't work for me anymore. They were walking off the shift right now. And I could basically go to hell. About two years later, I got promoted and ended up in a new area of the campus. And I walked through the door and they were like, let me introduce you to the supervisor. You'll be overseeing as the manager. And it was the same person. (laughs) And their jaw hit the floor when they saw me walk through the door. And they realized that reading me off two years ago was now potentially going to come back to haunt them. And instead, I was like, all right, we need to work together on this. We need, I, I, you know, two years has passed. It's a different day and a different age. It hasn't been that much time. The NFL is a much smaller circle than the average college campus. Yes. I think, I think if Gates goes to Brown, the Browns, and I don't think he will because I think if this uh, said former quarterback with two Super Bowl rings and a Papa John's franchise <laughs> in the Denver area <clears throat> um, is actually in the Browns' ear, so is Jarvis Landry. And I think the Browns' owner, knowing what we know about him and that he's very progressive and he's very much a listener, he is not going to hire Adam Gase without going to Jarvis Landry and saying, what are your thoughts? I mean, Baker Mayfield's the one he really cares about, but he's going to get the thought. He's Baker Mayfield's never played with this guy. He's going to go to to Jar- Jarvis Landry. And if Landry sits there and goes, he can help Baker, he can help us win, they'll hire him. If they if he goes there and says, no, screw that guy, they won't. But, uh, I, you know, 
Hall of Fame quarterbacks can get only so far with owners. They Unless can. you're John Elway, in which case you could just fire you the coach and cover You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You, John Elway is Denver, essentially. So, would you like to take the third question, or shall I launch it today? Um, Leave it up to you. Hmm. We've no, got a lot go, we can discuss. Do we? Oh, All right, yeah. well, go ahead. All right, let's talk about the Browns controversy. The Browns. I'm sorry. The Steelers. Right. Right Thank division. You. Right division, wrong team. Is that that is the whole AFC North a mess? Yes. The <laughs> Bengals don't the, First off, the Bengals have no one healthy and no coach. No, they had a record they had a record number of injuries. They had over 20 starters get hurt. And yet they still don't have this the record for 2018 people on IR that belongs to the Washington Redskins for the second straight year. Really? Two straight years, the Redskins have put more players on IR than any NFL team. That's just not good. That tell, but that tells you something. That's why John Gruden still has a job, even though they can only win seven games a year, is because That's everyone true. goes on the IR. And it's a quick aside. Yeah. Because um, you know all the coaches that got fired. Uh, Marvin wasn't fired. It was more of an agreement. Marvin was fired. Well, it was. he didn't want... Actually, this is what my take on it is. Last year, he probably decided he he was done. And then he got convinced to stay another year. Probably. So... Hey, I don't think I think he was done last year, but fired coaches don't get a twenty minute press conference with with reporters that work on the team. That's the Bengal way, dude. It I would I know Bengals operate in a universe. Oh, I know from our own. I know. Separate from our own. Oh yeah, so go on about the Steelers. Okay, so we're on to the Steelers drama. So supposedly Antonio Brown did not play in the last game. Well, he did not play. He did not play. Because of disciplinary issues. Yes. So the story coming out of Pittsburgh is that he was unhappy with Ben Roethlisberger because Ben Roethlisberger wanted to run a certain play again that Brown thought they had run into the ground. It was a hot route thing. Mm -hmm. He was not happy with how Brown had practiced it so far. This is all according to rumor because both sides have different takes on this. Right. And... Brown threw a ball in his direction, stormed off of practice, and then skipped practice like the next two days, prompting the quote-unquote unofficial suspension. Right. Well, there's another added layer of that. Go for it. So the Steelers, for like their entire history, have always voted for their team MVP. Mm-hmm. The players vote. That's, I like that. Uh, so this year, they voted for Juju. Oh, I'm sure that, that wrote he the became, wrong way. He got voted their MVP. Now, was that did that vote happen before all of this supposed incident? I, yes. Okay. So now Brown's rubbed the wrong way. Yep. He's upset with his quarterback, yep. and he storms off. So Tomlin says, "All right, we're not going to play him." Right. Well, what happened was he he disappeared. He left. He he had Wednesday off. Right. Veterans Day. Right. So he didn't come. He didn't come to practice Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. And then he just showed up on Sunday, thinking he was going to play. Right. And, and my, then he it, did not. It, it, I'll, I'll rant in a minute. Do you buy this whole he needs to be traded situation? Um, I just think I think he wants to be traded. After the whole, after what happened with Bell, um, I think that got into his brain, you know, and he realized that, hey, you know what, I'm getting up there in football years, you know, I should be paid. More, I think you know he hasn't said that, but I definitely think that's a part of his issue. I have no idea what his contract situation is, to be honest. Sorry, so that, the mic picked that up. That a was little me bit banging right. the growler. <laughs> so, um, 
This is so, we've been saying all year. This is a mess. Oh, yep. This is Antonio Brown doing this and expecting to play on Sunday. Underscores everything I have been saying for the last eighteen months about the lack of quality and yeah, lack you said of this discipline. on the first season on the podcast. The fact that he thought he could storm off and walk back in and play on Sunday just underscores how bad of an authoritarian Mike Tomlin is. He thought, honestly, I can do whatever the hell I want. I can disrespect the team, the coach, and my quarterback walking on Sunday, and they have to use me because we need to make the playoffs. Now, how awkward would it have been if they if they lost? They did lose. Oh, they won. Well, they won. They won, but they didn't make the playoffs. That's what it was. No, but I mean, if they if they lost, you know, and well, what was it? The Ravens had to lose two. The Ravens had to lose two, or Indy Tennessee had to end in a tie. Right. And that that simply was not going to happen. No. I think Cinch was right about that. I think Cinch said jokingly on this podcast last week that the refs would not allow that. <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. <laughs> I think there is no way in hell Indy Tennessee, unless they both spent the entire overtime sitting in a circle playing <laughs> guitars and singing Kumbaya, there was no way that was going to end in a tie. It was just would have been bad for the NFL. It would have been bad for officiating. It would have been bad all around. So I agree with Cinch. I, I, I just, the Steelers are a mess. Yeah. They're not a quality organization. In the last 18 months, they've had a franchise running back that they've managed to piss off. Who they've got a got, job at Dairy Queen. Who, got, who wanted a job at Dairy Queen. <laughs> they've got a franchise wide receiver who they've managed to piss off. Yep. They didn't make the playoffs. Nope. They sputtered. They started out 7-2-1. and one. That is what people are forgetting. This team was five games over 500 and did not make the playoffs after the midseason line. Oh, my God. You're right. They were 7-2-1 and one after 10 games, and they didn't make the playoffs. That's like a 90% chance to make the playoffs with seven wins after 10 games. Yeah, this is only the first time, and this is the third time ever that a 1-5 team has made the playoffs. Who's the one in five? The, the, the Eagles? Is the Eagles or the Colts? Might have been the Colts. Colts went I think it was great. the Colts. Do you know I, I I this actually and I gotta I gotta fact check this. So I'm gonna put this out there without fact checking it. But I heard on the radio the other day that Andrew Luck finished second in the AFC in touchdown passes. Really? Now keeping in mind Patrick Mahomes threw fifty. Well, threw and ran. I think they're counting both. And Andrew Luck had 39, and he was second. That is the quietest 39 (laughs) touchdown performance I have ever heard. And I think it's because they got a bad start, and they finished strong. Yeah, that's true. We're going to see the Colts on Monday Night Football next season. Probably. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely see Uh, But for the record, in my mind, uh, because I know I've mentioned this um, in a previous podcast, Uh in my mind... uh, this is this is the Madden curse. His season, com- Antonio Brown, right? Because he was on the cover. He, he was on year. the cover this year, and to me, this is it. He's they didn't make the playoffs. He got hurt. I don't know how serious he got hurt. He doesn't want to be on his team anymore. He wants to get traded. So this, see that he got on the cover, and his whole year just went. Wow, crashed, burned. Wow. Yep. So what you're telling me is the Madden curse has now expanded beyond simple injury into intrigue and injury. Yes. yes. I can buy that. 
And yes. there's the title of the podcast, Intrigue and Injury, folks. There you go. And there it is. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Let's talk about the coaching carousel. All right. So, hold on a second. Getting it up on my screen. Let's just go down the list. And we're counting midseason firings here. Hugh Jackson, fired. Yes. Todd Bowles, fired. Yep. Should have been fired in mid-game. Probably. Vance Joseph, fired. Broncos. Marvin Lewis, stepping down <laughs> with air quotes from the Bengals. All right. Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell not getting fired. I got a serious problem with this. All right. If you read the reports, Leonard Fournette basically disqualified himself from the game this week. Told trainers, I don't feel good to go after warmups. TJ Yeldon got a couple of carries and then they sat him down to get some other folks some work. And he got grumpy and sat down on the bench and never went back in. Doug Marone has lost control of the Jaguars. And here's the sentence that should seal his fate. You started Cody Kessler voluntarily. <laughs> that should be enough to seal your fate. You had a, this team was in the AFC Championship last year. They were. How did you go? How did it go so wrong in Jacksonville? Let's start there first. And why is Doug Marone still employed? That's the bigger question. I really don't. I think it was. I don't know what it was. Was it their defense? But the defense it, got better in the second half of the year. The last four games, the defense has did. been solid. Or do you think it was just because Fournette got hurt so early and that just threw the whole thing off track? But that's why you have TJ Yeldon. That's why you have depth. The Chiefs had to cut their running back because he punched a woman and they're still okay. <laughs> that, no, I'm sorry. Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to go a step further. Yep. The Chiefs cut their starting running back who led the league in rushing in 2017. Then the guy behind him got hurt. And yep. then the third string guy <laughs> stepped up and was a top like three or four option the last couple weeks. This is why you pay train. And this is why Eric Bannon is getting interviews because he took Damian Williams who flamed out of Miami. So spectacularly. Yes. Had one good game in Miami and then flamed out. And now he's over here with Kansas city. He took a third string running back and made him viable. How do you not do that with the depth in Jacksonville? That's and how do a good you keep question. your job after you don't do it? I, yeah. The NFL's a weird place. I don't know. <sighs> All right. Is he officially on. keeping his job? Like, is he coming back? They're saying that the owner has come out officially and said he expects to have both the GM and the coach back. Okay. I don't believe it. I honestly <laughs> believe one of their heads will roll. I do. I really do. But we'll see. Dolphins, Adam Gase. Where is he going to go? <laughs> you know what? To me, where he's going to go is not nearly as intriguing. And this was one of my burning hot take questions <laughs> until everything else kind of got more important. They're talking about bringing in Rex Ryan. Oh, my. Craig. <laughs> Rex Ryan. <laughs> Don't do it. Dolphins head coach. I'm gonna give don't you do 30, it. I'm gonna give you <laughs> one minute. Don't do it. One minute, uninterrupted, oh, unfiltered. God. Go. Rex Ryan becoming the Miami head coach. What? Like, yes. What? Convince Why? him not to. Ready? All right. Ready? You got one minute. Yep. Go. Have you seen any of the Jet games that he coached? 
at all. Any. Because what happens is the first quarter is good. And then I don't know what happens. He just like stops paying attention. It's like he has the players being their own coach. Like they're all Peyton Manning running their own plays. It's just a giant like, no, 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 no. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Are you seriously done? Because you got like yeah, another 30 seconds. I don't. Seconds. Because when is the last time he coached? When is the last time he coached an NFL team? The Jets? Yeah. How long ago was that? I don't know. Three or four years? Yeah. How long has Tom Bowles been there? Three or four years. Okay. <laughs> 20 seconds. No, well, just leave him on TV. Just leave Rex on TV, on the NFL Network, or Fox, or NBC, or is wherever he, he is. I think he's in ESPN, isn't he? Is he? I don't yeah, know. you got eight seconds. Yeah, just no. Just don't do it. Just you have like eight other choices. There's 12 better choices. Just don't do it. 12? <laughs> I'm going to go with like 20. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to give Craig some rant time there because I, I I took a lot of rant time myself. But yes, I, I don't think I don't think he's a good option. Um yeah, the end. <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand why the Dolphins would want to talk to him in the first place, but they want to. Go ahead. Let me put this out there right now. I downgraded every Dolphins player this year during the preseason. Go back and check my tapes. You won't hear me talk up Tannehill, which I did in the past. You did? You won't hear me talk up anybody on that squad. Maybe Kenyon Drake. Except me, yeah. Except maybe Frank Gore because he's my broke back. And always Frank Gore. Frank Gore. That's it. <laughs> That's it. He's the only guy I talked about. Kenyon Drake. I talked about here and there, and every time I talked about him, he stunk. So <laughs> I'm not going to talk about him anymore. If you put Rex Ryan in charge of that squad, the only thing I'm talking about is the defense, and the only thing I'm talking about is the number of penalties they rack up every week. The end. Moving on because Craig covered it all. <laughs> John Harbaugh. Expected to stay with the Ravens. Allegedly. Allegedly. So he still hasn't made up. Stay. He still hasn't made up his mind officially. He would be insane to leave that job. Insane. Because he's not going to get another one right away. And he's really good there. You don't think there. so? I understand he's losing his GM. He is. I, I get that. Like Newsom, Ozzie's retiring, right? Or did yeah, Ozzie no, retire already? This is his last year. This right. is his last season. Ozzie's going to retire. And he is like the guru of drafting people i would walk into the owner's office with ozzy by my side and say i have driven a super bowl up to your doorstep let me point this out really specifically this is a picture of trent dilfer <laughs> he was the quarterback of that team trent dilfer has a super bowl went ring because of me and ozzy newsom i want to know who the next gm is going to be the end this is a rare situation where the coach actually can demand something of ownership. He's a good coach. John Harbaugh is a really good coach and everyone knows it. Every single team with a vacancy right now is watching the Ravens to see what they do. Yep. Watching John Harbaugh to see what he will do because every single one of them would take him in a heartbeat. But John Harbaugh, or I get his feeling, brother, or his brother. I don't think his brother's leaving Michigan. I no, don't. No. Colleges don't. are colleges are cushy jobs. They are. All you have to do is make a bowl game every Just year. make a bowl game. You don't even have to win it. <laughs> what, what bowl game was Michigan in this year? Uh, I, they were. They were. There's a lot of bowl games. It now. was like a New Year's Eve bowl game. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them. I have no idea off the top of my head, and I'm not a I'm not a college fan, but um, so 
you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find a way to keep him. You've got to find a way to keep him in house. So, all right, I'm moving on. NFC. So that was just the openings in the AFC, folks. <laughs> NFC. Mike McCarthy. They're looking at Jim Caldwell and Chuck Pagano. Apparently, failed Colts coaches are the only way to go in Green Bay. Remember Chuck? <laughs> I like both those guys. I don't yeah. know that they'll do well in Green Bay. I don't. I don't. Are, were they talking to McDaniels, too, or want to? Uh, he's not on this list, according to CBS Sports, but yes, they want to talk to McDaniels. And why the hell, just a side note, why the hell are the Chiefs allowing everybody and their mother to come into Kansas City during the off week and interview their <laughs> offensive coordinator? Game plan! You're being paid by Kansas City. This would be like Caldor walking into a Bradley's and going, by the way, we're just going to talk to your buddy on break because we want to make, maybe make him a manager over at our store. No! No! That's, that's the rule. Unless No, they, no, the rule is after your team's eliminated. You no, there's a there was an in-between. Didn't they have a bye week this week? You could yes, but you could I believe permission still has to be granted by the organization. Oh, then yes. Yeah. Once their season is done, you don't need permission from the Kansas City ownership to talk to anyone on their staff. But during the season, I'm pretty sure you still need permission. Oh yeah, you do. You do. It so, has to be in when, like a week they're not playing. But it doesn't make a difference. The season yeah. is not over True. until the Chiefs lose, and the Chiefs will lose at home because that's what Andy the Reed. Chiefs do. <coughs> Tennessee last year. Let me paint a picture for you. Craig and I and our wives are in a Turkish restaurant here in Connecticut. <laughs> the Chiefs are leading the Titans by six or so. Tennessee scores a touchdown. The Chiefs lose at home in the first round of the playoffs. And only Craig understood my pain. <laughs> my wives were I like, did. well, there's always next year. Are you guys going to get the kebabs or the hummus plate? No. No. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, Britt was, Brit was sad. So can Caldwell or Pagano fix the Packers? What do you think? Uh, I don't really know what needs to be fixed. Aaron like, Rodgers needs to be fixed. Yeah, now I keep reading reports that he's he's difficult to work with. Two years ago, he's difficult he was, to coach. Coming into 2017, he was he just the makes top, up his own plays. <laughs> he was the top rated fantasy passer in the league, and in coming into 2017, yeah, I don't think he finished top ten this year. I don't. No, except for last two weeks ago, when he scored like 55 points against the Jets. It. He had like one good week. One good week. Now the. Uh, Remember when the Brett Packers, Favre was the bad one to work with? Remember? Yeah. No, the Packers need need a running back. If you look at the Packers yes. and like look at look at Denver. Now look, think about Denver. Think about how they have how many years they've had a running back by committee. They haven't been that good. Then think about the time when Denver had you know actual you know starting running backs. Completely different team. So they. I really think for at least Denver and probably Green Bay that they need to go to having one main running back and not four that you just randomly pick from who that morning. Last, who was the last feature back in Green Bay? Uh, I got to look We've that had up. this conversation before. No, no, no. Was, off the top of your head. The last feature back. Uh, not good feature back. The last feature back. Oh, my God. Mario probably drafted him. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> I'll help you out. Eddie Lacy. There you go. Thank and you. And how bad was Eddie Lacy? He wasn't horrible. He was hurt constantly well, as a Packer. when he wasn't hurt, he wasn't horrible. <laughs> That's like two weeks a year. 
Yeah, but those two weeks were amazing. <laughs> All right, the Packers need a lot of help. The Cardinals. They fired Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I just want to make sure I pronounce <laughs> that right. I, pro- I probably botched that pronunciation. And uh, A team so bad. Eric Bieniemy does not want to interview with them. That Eric Bieniemy was willing to interview with seven of eight teams, <laughs> and the eighth team In he a would week. not interview with was the Cardinals. <laughs> This whole week, Eric Bieniemy has interviews except for in Arizona. <laughs> now, what does that say? Arizona needs to build her. They need to get somebody out of college, a mid-rank college guy who wants to come up. Not like a Nick Saban, although Urban Meyer just retired from Ohio State. That's an option. Yeah, there's, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, the head coach of Iowa State. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. The guy from uh, Miami retired unexpectedly. Is Miami True. and Florida? One of them retired unexpectedly. So there's some college coaches out there. College coaches are builders, folks. With rare exception, these are guys who build skills. What you need is the right mix of ego and talent. When you bring a college coach into the pros in any sport, it's all about mix of ego and talent. You know why it doesn't work in the NBA? Because NBA players have way too much power over what goes on around them. LeBron James has hired and fired four coaches himself. (laughs) Literally, in efforts to keep him in different cities, they have hired and fired coaches because LeBron James was there. It's not. I think basketball is one of those sports where one person makes a giant difference. Yes, and so it's glaring. It's glaring when it happens, but it happens in all sports. Stars influence decisions. (laughs) Brady. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so bring in a builder. Get building. The Bucks. Oh, poor Bucks. At least they have a cool logo. I have no idea what to tell you about the Bucks. First off, they need to pick a quarterback and play it. First off, you need to live with the fact that you're either going to put out on the field a guy who may have assaulted a person in a cab. Maybe. Or a guy who is going to throw 30 touchdowns and 40 picks. You have to live with one or the other. <laughs> you're either playing the guy who might be a criminal or you're playing the guy who's got a beard. Make a decision. <laughs> Make a decision. You need to decide whether or not Mike Evans is a premier talent because this year he was better and last year he was terrible. You need to decide whether or not Peyton Barber can be a top 10 running back because well, if he can't, you need to go get one. Oh, and by the way, you need a defense. Craig, who is their second running back? I couldn't even tell you. No idea. Uh, Mike Goldstadt? Maybe. He's like he's like fifty. <laughs> but yes, I, exactly. So there's Humphreys. I'm trying to think of their offense. Mike there's Evans, Evans Humphreys, Humphreys Brait, Cameron Brait's a tight end, and Peyton Barber's in the backfield, and somebody sure. else. Sure, 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 <laughs> is there. <laughs> But yeah, I, they got to make a decision. They've got to decide who they are, and that's the problem. They have a lot of pieces, but no cohesion. True. Oh, that's deep. that's good. I said that. That's good. A lot of the pieces, but no cohesion. So what? Good. What coach brings cohesion to the box? Yeah, that's a good question. I keep thinking McDaniel's is going to go somewhere, but after what happened, might be the right one. But what after what happened with uh, the Colts? I don't know. <laughs> I want this job. Yay. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm never mind. The Bucks should drive a contract up to his house that says 
here's a bajillion dollars, 90% of which you must return if you never coach a game for us. <laughs> no, with penalties. I mean, 115% return. That's the issue there. So, all right. So that's the coaching vacancies. We'll talk more about them. And, and, and here's the thing. Black Black Monday, as they call it, was really severe this year. Were you surprised about any of them? No. None of them Nothing. really surprised me. I'm surprised. The only surprise Were you surprised have, anyone didn't get fired? The Jaguars. I'm surprised Maroney didn't go. There's somebody else on my list who I don't remember off the top of my head I said would go and didn't. But it'll come to me later. So let's talk about Wild Card Weekend. Okay. I'm not going to do a metric this week. None. I started to do it, and then I started to look at the numbers, and I said, it's the freaking playoffs. There is no value out there to be had. It's all about playing the guys you trust, and if you want to stack, stack. I'm going to tell you flat out, I'm stacking Dallas. As much as I can, I'm stacking Dallas. Where are they playing? Uh, Seattle. Okay. I'm stacking Dallas because Dallas is at home. Dak is better at home. Zeke are you surprised Dallas made the playoffs? No, because the NFC East is an abysmal pit of terror. <laughs> I don't know how the Eagles made the playoffs. The Giants are bad. Sorry, Steph. The Giants <laughs> are bad. The Washington Redskins are a mash unit. There is nothing. There was no competition there. The Eagles just had to outlast the rest of the NFC. The NFC North was terrible. Minnesota did not develop the yeah, way we thought they would be. about that. The NFC South, the Saints were clearly the 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 yep. talent there. The Panthers don't have an identity when Cam's not on the field. The Bucks are a waste of time. Who else is in that division? <laughs> D- uh, no, not the Titans. Um, Somebody else I in just, that division. I just my brain blanked. Damn it! Whoever they are, they're bad. The NFC West, the Rams, the end. <laughs> and Seattle came out of there. Uh, Seattle, whose offensive coordinator is actually being looked at for jobs. Good. He should be because it's an offensive league, and you're going to look at the two offenses that put up a ton of points, the Chiefs and the Rams. That's why people are looking at the enemy. Yep. So Craig's looking. Craig so now is, it's going to bother me. <laughs> I, I hate when this happens. We've been football fans I for know, right? 30 years. And sometimes and you're just like, what? You know <laughs> like, what scrambled my brain as a quick yeah, aside while you looked that up? Sure. When they moved the Seahawks from the AFC to the NFC. Oh, God, that took, for, that took forever. It took, it was real simple for Brit. The, the, the Seahawks were. In oh, the, the Falcons. Was, the Falc- oh, God. How can we forget how bad the Falcons are? <laughs> the That's Falcons the other are, team. So here's the. That's the team I thought would lose its coach was the Falcons. I thought the Falcons would clear. Here's out. here's the NFC like win loss. NFC South. The yeah. Saints are 13 and three. Yeah, Falcons seven and nine, oh. Panthers seven and nine, oh. Buccaneers five and eleven. So there was only one better than five hundred team in the entire division. Yeah, in that division, yes. Go to the NFC North. Bears twelve and four, Vikings eight and seven, Packers nine. <clears throat> sorry, six and nine one, Lions six and ten. So there was only one team over eight wins. Yep, because the <clears throat> Vikings were eight seven the, and one. The NFC West Rams thirteen and three. Seahawks ten and six. 49ers four and twelve. Cardinals three and thirteen. It's not even close. I'm telling you. The, gap the Cowboys the- are ten and six. The Eagles are nine and seven. The Redskins seven and nine. The Giants are five and eleven. How did the Redskins win seven games? How? Alex Smith. Alex Smith is magic. He's got magic <laughs> hands. So who, right. who's gonna have the first pick? Arizona. Uh yeah. 13 Arizona and three. has the worst record. So all right. Let's talk about wildcard weekend. 
The first game and the highest over-under of the weekend, I'm pretty sure, is the Colts at the Texans. Okay. It's Saturday at 4.30. The line is four, is uh, Houston is favored by a point and a half, 47 and a half. Craig, give me 30 seconds about the Colts and Texans because I have to use the restroom. And there you have it. So let me pull up uh, one quick stat really quick here. Here we go. Britt had too much beer. I did not. <laughs> well, it makes me have to go to the bathroom. Anyway, uh, so let me pull up. I just got to pull up a roster here because I didn't have it in front of me. Let's see here. Playoffs. Do, do, do. And uh, as a quick aside, Cinch, um, yeah, I just threw in the Tom Brady thing just because, you know, I know it bugs you and it's funny. Well, to me anyway. All right, let's see what we got here. Um, I'm gonna pick really Houston in this game. I just, you know, I just think their defense is gonna be better. I mean, I know Andrew Luck is having an amazing year, especially considering his um his injury. Um, you know, JJ Watt is healthier as far as I know. Um, also, you know, Ty might be having some some issues um, health wise. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, let me pull up one more thing because my internet is being stupid. Do, 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 do. You are listening to me talk. Uh, Colts in Houston. Hold on. Don't worry. We'll clean up all the dead air in the editing process. Ah, here we are. Da, 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 da. Da, da, da. Come on, load the page. <clears throat> there we go. Um, yeah, so I'm going to expect um, Deshaun Watson to have a pr- pretty good game. Actually, I'm going to think both quarterbacks are going to have a good game, but I just think Deshaun Watson is going to probably come out ahead in the uh, stat-wise. Um, the Texans are actually uh, two-point uh, two point favorite. Point and a half. Really? Because mine says two. I got two. Oh. All right. I'm going by this page. <clears throat> so basically, I just pretty much said if I sum up. Yeah. Which a lot of me was waiting for this page to load. Yeah. That. Best episode ever. Be- best episode ever. <laughs> the I think Houston's going to come out ahead only because I'm basing it off their defense. I just feel like Houston's defense is going to be have a better time versus the Colts than the Colts defense versus Houston. I think it's going to be an offensive shootout, and I apologize. I have the bladder of a six-year-old, so. <laughs> it happens. 90% of the time I do this podcast, and I have no problem. Today I had a problem. Okay. Um, I got the Colts winning this. Do you? Yeah. All right. So one of us is going to be right. I'm 35-21 Colts. I could see that. Do you want to predict it? Uh, what's the under over? 47 and a half. Hmm. You know, hmm. I know what I'm gonna say. Thirty-two twenty. So we both would take the over then. Yes. So okay, so that's the first game, and that's the game I would target. I'm not doing a metric this week, but that's the game I would target if I were doing DFS this week. If you can stack there, I'm I'm looking at the Cowboy stacks. Cowboys are great at home. Right. But I don't think you can go wrong in that game. The problem is this. Go on DraftKings. Quarterback one and two in terms of price are both in that game. Running back one and two in terms of price 
are both in that game. Really? Marlon Mack is the second highest. Uh, I want to No, you know what? That's a lie. But the quarterbacks are high. I think the receivers are high. You know, it's the receivers. I'm sorry. Quarterback and receivers. Because I think it's T.Y. and DeAndre Hopkins is ahead of him. Or one and two. And I think Kiki Coultry is actually high too. So Let's it's see. a game where you got to look at. Uh, yeah, well, on DraftKings, or not DraftKings, sorry, FanDuel, Deshaun Watson's 8,800, and uh, Andrew Luck is 8,400. Right behind each other. Go to yep. the wideouts. Wideouts, we have DeAndre Hopkins, who's listed as questionable. Yeah, but still the highest priced. 95. Mm-hmm. Who's two? T.Y. Hilton, also questionable, listed at 79. And, and they're both supposedly just getting veterans days, but they're listed as questionable because they didn't practice. That's what you have to do when they don't practice. So... I, I think it's gonna be a shootout. I really do. Uh, running back on fan or on Fanduels is Elliott at eighty eight, uh, Carson at seventy five, and then Mac and Miller. Uh, Mac is seventy two, and Miller and is sixty four. I think there's a little bit more of a gap on DraftKings. I think Chris Carson's in there in the middle of that. But yes, so clearly this is where people think there's gonna be offensive games. So the other Saturday game, eight fifteen, Seahawks at Cowboys. Uh, the line is 43 and a half with Dallas, be, Dallas again being a point and a half favorite. Craig, what do you do at here? home? <clears throat> at home, I have to admit, Dallas way better at home. Dallas is better at home and overall, uh, since they signed Cooper, they've been a better team. Like, I did not think he was going to have that much of an impact on their team, yeah, considering how he was, you know, on the Raiders. Um, so, yeah, I can give this to them. I can see, especially with Elliot. I think he actually finished the top rusher. Did he? This I, I haven't even looked at that stuff. We'll do that after the season. I'm oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a lineup with Dak, Zeke, and Cooper, and Blake Jarwin. Wow. Blake Jarwin has had yeah. one week, folks. Don't <laughs> don't believe this Blake Jarwin is the next. Uh, Antonio the next, Gates. Yeah. He is not the second coming, but he had three touchdowns last week. Let me tell you, those three touchdowns he had last week, if you have not heard already, is more than his entire high school and college (laughs) career combined. He never caught a touchdown in high school. He caught one in four years of college. So you're you're, you're saying he's the next Jason Witten? He is not. (laughs) The next Jason Witten, <laughs> but he is cheap. And I think he's only 2,600 on DraftKings and he's usable. And if you're going to stack with Dak Prescott, it makes sense too, because there's slim pickings at tight end folks, especially in the playoffs. <laughs> well, this week, because all your best uh, tight ends are see. off. Ebron 66 on FanDuel. He's the best available. Eric Ebron, stop. Eric <laughs> Ebron is the best available tight end. According to FanDuel. That's all you need to hear, but go on, Craig. Uh, Jarwin is 5,800. Really? He's that high on FanDuel. Dixon's 48. Not usable. Vinette is 48. Uh, might be usable. Thomas is 46. Not usable. Uh, M. Ali Cox is 44. Not usable. Um, and Jay Adams is 43. I don't even know who that is. He's uh, the second string in Houston. No. So I, it's slim pickings this week, so that's why Jarwin's attractive. So I do. I, 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 I Bleacher Report has Seahawks winning that game. I have the Cowboys winning that game, twenty six to twenty two, in favor of the Cowboys. Craig, make a prediction. Um. Wow. 
Um, Cowboys, 27-21. Wow, all right. So, so far, the seeds are holding. Yep. We've got the Cowboys advancing, and we've got, do we have both have the Texans or I have the Colts? I took the uh, Texans, you took the Colts. I took the Colts, okay. So, we disagree there. Chargers at Ravens, Sunday at 1. It all hinges on the Ravens' defense. A 12-win team goes to a 10-win team because a 10-win team played a division that stunk. Yes. <laughs> two and a half points. Baltimore favored by two and a half. The over-under is 41 and a half. Craig Gunn. Wow, 41 and a half. I thought it'd be 41 higher. 41 and a half. No, because the Ravens' defense has been on fire the last couple weeks. No, oh, that's true, but... Well, is... um. Is uh, Gordon healthy? That's really he's questionable. Question. Is he officially questionable, or is he better? Like, no, he's questionable according to the report. I don't know if they just no. sat. him. I be I wouldn't be shocked if they just sat him. They true. The extra day because they don't have to play till Sunday. That's true. So if Melvin Gordon plays, I have to give that game to the to the Chargers. Okay, so give me a final score. Uh, with the Ravens defense, I'm going to say mm, 27-17. Okay. I'm going to agree with Bleacher Report and go 27-24 Ravens. All right. Multiple outlets have given this game to the Ravens. The Ravens' defense is really solid. They are. They gave the Chiefs fits. I think the Ravens could pull this off. Which means if the Ravens pull this off, the Matt, the 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 Colts-Titans game, uh, Texans game, rather, matters in terms of seeding because don't forget we reseed after the first round in the nfl playoffs so if the colts win then the colts go to kansas city if the texans and ravens win then the ravens go to kansas city so it matters it matters the important thing is the chargers don't advance the chargers scare the holy hell out of me really more than the ravens yes they're offensively very explosive but very inexperienced Philip Rivers is volatile like a keg of uh, TNT, just wild. So I don't like it. So I want the Ravens to win this game. I do, but I do would not be shocked if the Chargers win. So last game. All right. Eagles at Bears Sunday afternoon, four forty. Over unders forty one. Really, five and a half point favorites to the Bears. What do you got? Uh, and where is it? In Chicago. I have to give it to the Bears. I mean, Nick Foles is probably the second best backup quarterback ever, um, after Frank Reich. Who is now coaching the Colts. <laughs> Who is now coaching the Colts. Um, but Let's the see. Bears, the Bears defense at home and the Eagles are, you know, if it wasn't for Nick Foles, I don't know where they would be right, right now. So I'm going to take the Bears at home over the Eagles. And I'm gonna. T- this is gonna be a low-scoring game because it's gonna be a defensive struggle because the Bears' offense is inept and their defense is amazing. I'm gonna go 17-14 Bears. This is gonna be my only under of the weekend. Um. Yeah, I just. Yeah. The Eagles had to get a touchdown from Nelson Aguilar in order to make the playoffs. Doesn't happen a whole lot. No. <laughs> Nelson <laughs> Aguilar likes to think he's good. <laughs> He's not. But I want to take a quick aside here because you brought up, you invoked the name Frank Reich. Right. How great is the job Frank Reich has done in Indianapolis? 
bringing him to the playoffs in his first year. Andrew Luck comes back. He's fully healthy. Yeah, no one knew if he can throw a ball anymore. I didn't. And this, and this, how amazing would it be? And I'm not calling this. I'm just <laughs> saying, you got to look at every scenario. Yep. How amazing would a Colts Bears Super Bowl be? The last time the Bears were in the Super Bowl, they lost to the Peyton Manning led Colts. Did they? First year coaches, Reich and Nagy, offensive quote unquote geniuses. That's the third air quote. <laughs> <It episode. is. laughs> offensive geniuses matching offense. What a freaking story, right? That would be awesome. So and me, then if the Colts would if that happened and the Colts won, Frank Reich would be the the greatest backup slash new coach ever. And we, <laughs> and we would need to have we, we we would need to have our friend Sean on Suicide Watch because he's a massive Bears fan. Yes, I was there the night the Bears lost to the Colts, the Peyton Manning led Colts in the Super Bowl. Don't ever forget the Bears quarterback that night was Rex Grossman. Really? Yes. Wow. Rex Grossman lost the Super Bowl. And that was it was not even close. <laughs> it was very one-sided. I think the Colts led from like five minutes on. I sat next to that man the entire night just to make sure he'd be okay. <laughs> we drank a lot of beer. A lot more than I've had tonight. Let me tell you that right now. We drank a lot of beer. All right. So, Craig, let me ask yep. you this. Yeah. Looking at the whole playoff picture. Okay. What matchup would intrigue you most in the Super Bowl? If you had to say, I'm going to take one team from the AFC eligible and one team from the NFC eligible, what matchup intrigues you the most? What game would you sit there and go, I don't care. Remember we had the Harbaugh Bowl? We yeah. had San Francisco and, the, and Baltimore. Yep. And it was the Harbaugh Brothers. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. What one matchup do you look at and you say, oh, my God, I would love to see these two teams play each other, either from a matchup or an intrigue perspective? Uh, let me look at the list here. <clears throat> I'm looking at the I'm looking at the playoff tree you sent earlier. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm basing this off of um, that playoff tree. Um, just as a side, I uh, had the Chiefs and the Rams. And Bowl. that came from our friends at 360 degrees football. Yes. Who are Steelers fans, by the way. And they still put the Chiefs. In the <laughs> yes. <championship. laughs> Um, wow. That's a good one. You know what? You know, it'd be interesting to me if somehow like it was the Colts and the Cowboys. There's why there's two teams at the beginning of the year. And even after like week five, you were like, both of these teams are going nowhere this year. What, you know, why am I even, why am I even watching their game? Um, now the fact that they both are in the playoffs, Mm Mm-hmm. If they hypothetically both made it to the Super Bowl, I think that would be because you know everyone's expecting the Chiefs, everyone's expecting the Rams or the Saints. Why is anyone expecting the Chiefs? They because can't their... win a playoff game. Well, we know this, but people in general, because of the Chiefs' record and their magic offense and like Andy Reid's magic playbook, <laughs> I feel like it's a curse. I'm sitting here as a Chiefs fan. I'm like, stop picking my team. <laughs> All right, that's interesting. I'll tell you mine. My, and I don't think this will come to pass. Okay. Mine is the Chiefs and the Bears. Andy Reid. Then are you allowed to watch that with Sean? No. And we had this conversation at Two Roads on Monday. What are we going to do if the Bears and the Chiefs are both in the Super Bowl? And we decided. 
Yep. We will simulcast from each other's homes. <laughs> and we will divide up our friends equally. Half of you will be allowed to go to the Bears game at Sean's house, and half of you will come to my house. Well, I'll go to your house because it's closer. Well, yeah, you live less than a mile from me, so yes. <laughs> but the idea, the idea that Andy Reid and his quote-unquote pupil, Matt Nagy, were in the Super Bowl together is just intriguing. Let's be honest. Interesting. Mitchell Trubisky is an average quarterback. He is a... He's not bad. He's a game manager in the Joe Flacco style mold. You would have two teams, a team that was flashy on offense and a team that was just effective on offense merging together. I think that's amazing. I I would love to see that. And again, the whole coaching, you know, kind of intrigue of it. Let's never forget. There's seven hours of pregame. Yes. Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. (laughs) There's at least an hour we can devote to Nagy versus Reed. That's true. So that would be how my long. Super Bowl. How long did he work for Andy Reid? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> off the top of my head. A year, twenty years. I have no idea. But so, all right. So right now, because we're running out of time, we are way over time. Yeah. Based on the teams available, Super Bowl prediction, Craig. Go. Um, I'm Super Bowl teams or just winner. Both. Uh, both. Right now, I'm still sticking with my. My prediction from the beginning of the year, uh, I think the Saints are going to make the Super Bowl <clears throat> for the NFC. As far as the AFC, um, you know, I still like the Chargers. Oh, you're true. I like the Chargers. Well, you told me not to pick the Chiefs. And you can't pick the Chargers, though. They're in the same division, and Phillip Rivers <laughs> is a jerk. I but I still think these Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. All right, so mine is I have the Saints over the Patriots. Um, I still think... There's a good chance the Chiefs lose their first weekend game. <laughs> and that means when they the AFC championship goes through Foxborough. And I'm staying on record. Right now, folks, mark it down at the one hour and two minute mark of episode, what are we, 27? 27. At this episode, I am going on record. If the road to the Super Bowl goes through Foxborough, the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. Now, I know Cinch is hearing this, and he's upset. I'm saying it again. If the Chiefs keep up their inability to win playoff games, the road to the Super Bowl goes through Foxborough, and when the road to the Super Bowl goes through Foxborough, the Patriots go to the Super Bowl. Ask Rich Gannon. That's how far back this goes, folks. (laughs) Ask Rich Gannon and the Oakland Raiders what happens when you go to Foxborough in January. Tuck rule. Uh, was that the Tuck Rule game? <laughs> was it? Or was it a snowball <clears throat> game? Wasn't that the same game? Was it the same game? Was it? Cinch would know. Yes. <laughs> the one week we don't have them available. Uh, but yes, and my brother was at that game. Was he? Yes. Oh. I was sending him text messages on my flip phone, again, how far back we're going, <laughs> saying, get a hotel. Do not drive home tonight. And they did. They drove home in that snowstorm. They drove home from Foxborough back to Connecticut, and that's no Wow, that's a long. That's not a short drive. They got home at like three or four o'clock in the morning. I was just glad they were alive. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, all right. So either way, enjoy Wild Card Weekend. The playoffs are upon us. Season long is over. DFS is still going on, but I'm done doing metrics, so I am thrilled that DFS is essentially <laughs> over for he me. He doesn't have to look at Excel anymore. I don't have to look at Excel spreadsheets up and down the street anymore. Um, enjoy the weekend and we will be back next week. Uh, until then, leave us a review, iTunes, Stitcher, player FM, anywhere you listen to us, please 
Come to us on Twitter at FignutsDFS. Email us, FignutsDFS at gmail.com. We are always willing to chat with you guys. We appreciate everyone who listens. Until then, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.